0: Hello there. So today I want to talk about change, and specifically change and the nature of self-development and how that relates to Carl Jung's idea of the transcendent function. So in the last uh, video I uploaded, which was also part of my podcast, I was talking about the unknown and I was talking about how the very nature of deciding that you want to be aware of your shadow side and you want to go through this self-discovery process, the very nature of it involves staring the unknown in the face, um, staring into the void or the abyss, as some may say. And in terms of personality theory, that might look like someone who, like me, which I plan to use myself and my experiences as some examples in this video as I discuss change, Uh, as uh, my best fit type is ENFJ, um, the very nature of that means that my ego is going to be attached to feeling and intuition. So the whole idea of developing my weaker functions or becoming a more well-rounded person involves um, the act of my consciousness kind of going from one uh, central point where it is comfortable to uh, turning its head a little bit and looking directly at this unknown. So the very nature of self-development involves that, which is why it is so scary. And it's why a lot of times when people are trying to figure out who they are and they're interested in like uh, self-discovery, self-improvement, people might turn to personality because they want to know, who am I? They want the answers. They want the certainty. But in order to actually then uh, discover who you are, you're also going to have to go into these unknowns. So I talk a little bit about that in the last video I did. Um, but I think that one thing I've been realizing with this is that we aren't just discovering who we are, we're also creating who we are. And this self-discovery and this individuation process involves not just identifying our strengths and weaknesses but also sculpting uh, the story that you want to create for yourself, becoming the person you want to be. And because with a personality type, for example, just because you might have some natural tendencies in one direction doesn't mean that when you're born, you automatically are great at these things. And we know this as we develop, um, When you're a child, maybe you have a tendency toward, like for me, for example, I really enjoy performing. I like to sing and act and put on random shows for my family. Just because I had that tendency to do that doesn't make me automatically a skilled artist or performer. I have to then take that tendency, take that potential, and honestly, take responsibility for it and develop it. And the same goes with our personalities. Just because you've discovered, I'm this personality type, or you relate to certain traits in yourself, it's also on you to make the most of the potential you do have. And we're sculpting our stories every single day. Every decision we make is a vote toward the person we want to be, and we're building our character as we do this. So the self-discovery process is not a one and done thing where you're going to Um, have the certainty immediately. And through using personality type, we can, um, get some ideas about what potential might lie within us and also what weaknesses we might have to make sure that we are accommodating for. Because to become an adult, a responsible adult, you have to, uh, take care of yourself. And when you, as you grow, you realize that, um, the autonomy that you do have over your life, even if you can't control everything, which nobody can, um, you you learn that even if uh, there are certain things that are difficult, um, or even if things happen to you that are absolutely not fair and completely not in your control, it's still your responsibility to know what decision to make based on that thing. So. With your strengths and your weaknesses, so let's say you know your personality type, whether that uh, you still have to take responsibility for your weaknesses because you are still the person living that life. And so I guess I kind of see it as this process of you recognize what your weaknesses are and then you decide to accommodate for them rather than expecting someone else to come along and be a savior for those weaknesses. So. Anyway, so this nature of self discovery, you have to, you know, part of accommodating for the weaknesses involves getting a little bit comfortable with the unknown. And what I really want to talk about today is something I've been thinking about lately is that the very nature of doing that is uh, going to create change. And so not only is getting comfortable with the unknown important, but getting comfortable with change is important. And so there's so much I could talk about on this, and to be very quite meta with you is that what partially what sparked this topic is that I'm wanting to change the way I uh, relate online and the types of videos I want to make, and in general, I feel like if you've been following me for a while, you probably know that I haven't uploaded very much this year compared to how I typically do, and it kind of hit me that the reason why is because literally I have changed, which is like very like obvious. Right. But when you, the very nature of deciding that you want to go through this self-discovery process, self-development, whatever you hit these unknowns. Then once you meet the unknown, the very act of doing so changes you. Um, and so that's why people talk about things like self transformation and self growth which again all of this might be seem quite obvious on the surface but i think it's an important point to really understand is that if we are seeking things like personality because we want to know who we are the very act of then engaging with that is going to then also change who you are because like I said before, it's not just a one and done. You're looking for a label. You know who you are now. Cool. Now I know that you can move on with your life. The very act of becoming self aware is going to transform yourself. So that's a point I really want to hit home on is that your awareness actually is transforming you. And that relates to Jung's idea of the transcendent function, which I'll talk about in a bit, for those of you who maybe aren't familiar, the whole idea of the transcendent function is probably the main direction that I want to take this channel as we move forward and then use type through that lens, because I have discovered that what really, what I'm truly passionate about when it comes to a lot of the things I've talked about is this process of transformation. But anyway, I'll get to that. (laughs) Um... So your awareness the nature of actually engaging with yourself is going to then transform yourself because we are becoming ourselves. We are sculpting ourselves. We're creating ourselves as we go. Just as when you're a child um you are you're different now than when you were when you were a child. You go with your instincts, you go with your tendencies, you take responsibility for those things. You tap into the potential you have and you Turn that potential into something real. You turn your talents into skills. So, for me, as an example, as an ENFJ type, some of my talents might involve uh, some natural talents that all ENFJs have, might have something to do with empathy and the ability to consider other people's perspectives and the ability to want to communicate. And collaborate with other people. But I um didn't come out of the womb that way. Maybe I have always had these ENFJ tendencies, but I have to actively choose to care about being a good communicator and to learn how to be a better communicator, learn how to be a better friend, partner, family member, all those things. Those are actions that I took in order to develop those things. And I'm never going to stop developing those things because that's life. There's always more to learn. And so, um, what was my point with that? Oh, so... And we, just as we have these natural talents, we also have these weaknesses, like our inferior function for me to not take responsibility and accommodate for my inferior function is basically like this Achilles heel for my talents. I'm not ever going to, sorry about that. I'm not ever going to be able to fully tap into my talents if I'm not accommodating for my Achilles heel. And I'm not ever going to be able to communicate and collaborate and save the world and help people if I am not taking responsibility for uh, my internal consistency, uh, staying true to myself, doing the necessary research, organizing my thoughts. And I'm even telling, I could tell right now, I haven't uploaded in a while and I haven't done these stream of consciousness things in a while and I can feel as I'm talking that my thoughts are more organized, which makes it actually easier to communicate exactly exactly uh what I want to say and create value in the way I want to create because I have done a little bit more work on organizing my thoughts. And I'm not perfect at my TI. Again, that's always going to be my Achilles heel. That's always going to be this weakness that I have to take responsibility for. But a little bit goes a long way. And so that brings me to this other key point that I want to explore more um Is this attitude shift of the way we're using personality type, this attitude shift of um, not like beating ourselves up with shame that we have to like, oh no, like I really need to get better at these weaknesses that are making life hard for me. I can't believe I'm so bad at it, you know, or trying to compare yourself to other people who have your weaknesses naturally as a strength or a talent. Uh the beating yourself up and the trying to compare yourself to people who naturally have that is not going to get you anywhere, but just the simple act of having some self-compassion for yourself, taking responsibility for the fact that you have this weakness and um, accommodating for it rather than ignoring it and hoping that it goes away. It really, really goes a long way. I don't have to be an INTP or an ISTP and change my entire personality um and do i don't have to do the same level of introverted thinking as they do because i've already got my extroverted feeling and so the point with that is like that just by nature of me trying to organize my thoughts a little bit more read about the things that i'm interested in Take a little moment to process how I want to say something before I say it. Those things um, can go such a long way in helping my extroverted feeling be more effective. And I don't have to do, I don't have to be a different person. So anyway, I could talk about that forever. But this point about change, I I want to come back to is that, like, ideally, if we're using tools to help us grow, interacting with these tools is going to cause some sort of change. And then what happens? Then your life is changing. And so how do people typically deal with change? It's not always easy. So I feel like I didn't connect those dots well, so I'm going to go into that a little bit more. But I guess as this big thesis statement or this main idea of this video is how do we deal with the fact that when we are changing and we are growing the contents of our life is also changing in order to then mirror or respond to the way in which our identity is changing cuz that is an important aspect or that is a aspect to anyone who is trying to develop themselves and grow and anyone who's trying to discover who they are you're going to find that as you do that you are going to change, which means that your living situation might change. Your friends might change. Your partner might change. Your interests might change. Because as you're discovering yourself, you're discovering new parts about yourself that you didn't know necessarily existed. You are uncovering parts of yourself that you've always had, but maybe you had some shame over it. Maybe you never felt safe to embody those parts maybe the more you introspect about what really matters and you try and look at things more holistically you realize that there are certain things that um you value um that you weren't necessarily prioritizing correctly before so to give more of an example of this is for me a big aspect of this uh I guess to give a per- okay a personal example with this is that, so for me, a lot of you might know is that I uh, have always been interested in performing and singing. As I kind of mentioned before, I was a vocal performance major in college for just a semester before I switched to journalism and then later pursued psychology. And this channel, I have been um, kind of merging my interests in journalism and psychology and just speaking in general, kind of doing things as I go. But so much of what was the catalyst for me even going into journalism, giving up on music, or at least at the time I really saw I was giving up, giving it up. It's like I knew that it wasn't necessarily a practical career path and it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. And so I I had this idea of now I need to figure out what else I'm passionate about. And self-development, personality, psychology was this passion that came up that in a way replaced my love of music for me. Not fully replaced, but I, I do feel, I, I would say, you know, music was my first love and I would say music was my greatest heartbreak more than any other human could ever have that possibility uh, of you know doing um and so um basically through through that change of me which you can even argue okay sorry <laughs> just realized something you could even argue that that act of me deciding to think about what else am I good at was an aspect of me going into the unknown rather than just sticking with what I always knew from birth to age 18, I decided to explore other interests, explore other sides of myself, figure out what else, um, what else I was into. And through that, I really did. I realized I loved, uh, personality and psychology. And so through that, my personality changed, which that wasn't necessarily the point that I was going to say to begin with. But anyway, now, 2022, it's New Year's Eve. Happy New Year, everyone. Now, it's like, what am I saying? Through this, uh, be- because I was um, almost looking for something to replace that feeling. I was looking for like a new passion to replace an old passion. I wasn't giving enough room for music in my life or other types of creative passions in my life. And I would say that probably within like 2017, 2019, whenever I was posting, um, a lot more regularly, my life was a little bit more off balance where I wasn't, giving myself well-rounded hobbies. I was throwing all my eggs in one basket when it came to hobbies. YouTube was, was that. And, um, but then through the very act of engaging with the self-discovery process and through me, um, trying to allow some room for my shadow functions, trying to take responsibility for my weaknesses and, allowing my awareness to transform and self-sculpt who i am as i'm becoming an adult as i'm becoming who i am that whole process um through doing that allowed me to then also see this inner child part of me that was like um resisting and almost protesting because i didn't want to be uh only talking about my opinions all day long and i didn't want to be analyzing everything all day long i wanted to also feel like my heart was lit up uh creating something beautiful and although it was great that i discovered this part of me where i realized that i enjoy philosophy and psychology and sociology i enjoy um thinking about things at a deeper level and I enjoy discovering the truth. And I, I I love that. And I, I love analyzing and I'm very curious and I, I love sharing my opinions and having like discussions and debates. I love that. And I'm so glad I discovered that new part of myself that maybe I didn't know existed, but through doing that, maybe I had forgotten about this other part of myself. And so this process of I guess self awareness never ends. And it's, you're always trying to figure out some sort of balance of how do you leave room for all the different aspects of yourself to have a seat at the table. Because I had to, because music was my whole life, I had to let go a little bit and discover more parts of myself. If I wanted to feel like I had a balanced life to where I felt like I had some more practical skills I can give to the workplace. To where I can feel like I was being productive and help able to help solve problems in society, rather than just I know I wouldn't have been happy if I felt like my only purpose on Earth was to be an entertainer. And I I see I see that from people who were child stars and grew up with these opportunities, and they never stopped. Uh, singing and acting and all these things. a lot of them end up having this existential crisis of like, who am I how do I deserve all of this because a lot of times if you I guess my point with this is like no matter what you do, it's sometimes just too lopsided. um if you're throwing all, yourself all in one thing, no matter how much of a talent it is, no matter how much you love it and identify with it, there's still these other aspects of you and it's still, maybe a little lopsided, which relates to Jung's idea of one-sidedness and the duality in the psyche. Which I think a lot of you listening might know the gist of, I could get into that later, but I really want to continue with this point, is that I knew that if I would have only gone down the path of my identity is an artist, my identity is a performer and an entertainer, I eventually would have, my my inferior T.I. probably would have had some sort of relapse of do I even know anything? Am I contributing anything? Do I even know what I think? And I think that if I'm not if I was not engaging my Ti more and trying to think about what I think, it would have been even more dormant. And I think there's a lot of ENFJs who um become famous and then they have a lot of mental health issues because well anyone I don't you know I'm thinking of right now uh Charlie XCX who um is a singer-songwriter and there's a um documentary on Hulu I believe about how she uh created her own album during the pandemic and how it was very difficult for her to not be around her friends and she instead did this very collaborative way of creating an album with her audience. And she um, did uh, like, I think Instagram lives where she showed very vulnerably her writing process and her songwriting process. And she wanted to let her fans in so that it felt like something that they were working on together. She also struggled a lot with um, beating herself up, putting a lot of pressure on herself um, her own insecure thoughts, she needed a lot of validation, and she was really struggling um, in the isolation. And I saw a lot of myself in her, but I also was thinking at the time, that would have been me if I continued doing music, I wouldn't have had the self-esteem that I have now. Because, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with her for her path, because everyone has their own path where they end up, we we end up differentiating a certain side of ourselves that we identify with. And then through that, there's this opposite that's created. And then we have to deal with that opposite. So through her developing her talents in one way, it left less room for other aspects of herself, which became more dormant. And I think that a lot of times, if somebody, it gets to be in a position where they get to use their dominant function, they get to be... The persona of their personality type at a young age then their lower functions continue to be dormant and i know that for me when i was in high school i was terrified to be alone with my own thoughts the only thing that gave me any sort of meaning was to be um around creative people that i was collaborating with um to be in a musical and to be working really hard on that and then also hanging out with my friends in the musical, being in my concert chorale and my chamber chorus, all those things that I loved the seriousness and the intensity of making good art with people who really, really also cared about making good art. And I loved the creative process and I loved the friendship and I would was the sort of person that I would. Have sleepovers with five of my closest friends like every weekend. And I remember feeling like I hated, um, I hated whenever I was the last one to fall asleep because of how terrifying it was to be alone with my own thoughts uh, right before I went to sleep. And nowadays I literally love being alone with my own thoughts. And I still, I still don't have much stamina for being alone with my own thoughts because I still have this tendency to want to instead pull more people in and to instead focus on connecting. And even though I love being alone with my own thoughts, I still get, I can't sustain it for very long because it's very difficult to do. But anyway, I know that, okay, my point I was going to make is I think that a lot of times if people get themselves in a position where they're able to use all of these natural skills that maybe their personality type, it would be beneficial for, um, they eventually can get to a place where it's a little bit one-sided, where they are really, really developing these skills on one side, and then it can create this sort of relapse with this lower side where um through the nature of self discovery through the nature of grappling with the shadow or dancing with the shadow realizing these shadow aspects that are not as developed and are not conscious um they're just as much of a potential for us and our humanity um, according to jung you know our uh, our unconscious contains and is interconnected with the collective unconscious just as humans um and when we dream we have these symbols that come up um that kind of connects us to all these stories that have ever been told and so basically we have this like unlimited sort of potential within our unconscious that you know, it's impossible to literally tap into everything, but it's like this unconscious is just as active of a part of your psyche as your conscious side is. And as you change your conscious side, the unconscious will mirror that. And the interaction between the conscious and the unconscious is what creates this change. And what Jung refers to as the transcendent function is when you are. Putting the, it's this conversation between the unconscious and the conscience. The transcendent function is the part of your psyche that is able to mitigate and resolve and connect the conscious and the unconscious. So, and Jung himself said the transcendent function wasn't actually mystical, it's actually just a literal thing that happens, which I think is funny because it is a literal thing that happens. It also is kind of mysterious. And some might say it's mystical. I don't know. But it is the part of you that somehow transforms from one thing to another. And we know with science and with chemistry that all of matter there, you know, if you put one thing to another, chemical reactions can occur. That's obviously a very, like, duh thought. But we know that sometimes you could take two types of matter and put them together, and then something completely brand new happens. And is it that crazy to think that the same thing can happen in our psyches? I mean, we are a part of nature and we are made of matter. So we don't know much about our mind, what well, we do, but it is. There's some difficulties in understanding how our mind works compared to other more natural sciences where we can literally see what's happening. But for those of us who are wanting to be aware of our inner worlds, we can literally feel when our psyche changes. And most of us know if you, most of us have had an experience where you are become aware of something and then it changes your whole perspective. And that's basically what the transcendent function is, is you're becoming aware of something that was once unconscious, the, it is this moment where the conscious and the unconscious meet, and then all things are changed. And that could be, that can happen in the form of like an aha moment. It can happen. You have this great realization where everything hits you like a ton of bricks and you realize that you need to change something or whatever, or like, all of your sense all of your past finally makes sense, or whatever. We've all had these moments. And I don't know if we always recognize the power of those moments because just as like I was saying before, all of our actions end up then building our character, building our identity. And every decision we make is adding some sort of vote of what sort of person we want to be. Not just the ideal version of ourselves that we have in our head, but the person we actually literally become, not just the tendencies and the potential, but the person we choose to show up and build and strengthen and create these uh, and develop these skills uh, that we can then, you know, use to add value. So anyway, that whole process, it's like, um, as you're doing that the very nature of engaging with your shadow is going to not just change you, but the act of changing you will change your decisions, your perspective, your way of engaging with the world. The act of looking at your shadow is going to change your life. And so that was a very roundabout way of potentially saying that Um, Hey, doing shadow work changes your life, which maybe you've heard that before, but it's not just something to say, like it literally changes your life for better or for worse. I don't think it's for worse, but it's like, I think a lot of times, like talking about all this self-development stuff, you might be thinking, maybe you're stuck in a rut and you're thinking, I don't know if anything's changing. How am I to know? You know, it's like, you're like, I'm trying to be a better person. I'm trying to be honest with myself. I'm trying to heal some uh suffering. I'm trying to improve my relationships. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know if this is going to change anything, but I think that it's quite impossible for change to not occur. If our conscious is becoming conscious of the unconscious, because that's how the transcendent function works. And if there, if, if at this point you're listening to this and you've you're mostly following but your mind is sort of like a but what about this or it doesn't really make sense will you please um comment and tell me because i want to explain this i want to like explain how the transcendent function works like for dummies not that not saying that you're a dummy i'm just saying i want to explain it like i'm 5 i want to be able to do that because i think that a lot of Young's writing is hard to read and hard to understand because so much of it is dense. And so, and I think it could be clearer. And I think that I have learned a lot about how this works through kind of just doing many experiments with my own perspective that I, maybe I'll want to, do a series on that maybe i'll do like some experiences of the enfj psyche and things that i tried and then the results i got and how my perspective changed so let me know if you'd be interested in that but i guess my what i'm trying to say here is that i think that on the one hand some of us might be afraid that maybe we can't change that maybe we can't change who we are But on the other hand, many of us are afraid of change when it happens. And so I think that we're afraid of not change and we're also afraid of change. And so this whole idea of change, how do we get comfortable with it? How how do we get comfortable with the fact that if we want to um, individuate, become the best versions of ourselves, take responsibility for our weaknesses, Um, and you know, develop our psyche to the best of our ability. Which, in my opinion, this is not just so that you have bragging rights or so that you feel like you're better than anyone else. Well, that's not really an opinion, that's just a fact. Is that that's not really what this is for. But for those of you who want to make the most out of your life and you want to use your strengths, you want to pursue your interests, you want to prioritize what you value the path of doing that is going to involve you taking responsibility for your talents by ch- saying you know what i know i love this thing i know i'm interested in this thing and so i'm going to go all in and develop this so that i can um be able to pursue it and then as you're on that path to becoming more and more yourself and developing that potential you're going to have uh, you know trials and tribulations along the way, which will come in the form of these inferior function or these shadow sort of obstacles. Something will smack you in the face that you didn't even expect, and you'll be like, "Holy shit, where did that come from?" And this whole idea of understanding the transcendent function allows you to figure out how to navigate that path, so that whenever there is an obstacle that throws up or that shows up, rather than abandoning your plan and not choosing to develop your potential you instead recognize the obstacle for what it is which is just a shadow and understanding what actually is the shadow and not necessarily not getting trapped in the sort of mental spirals of shame and guilt and all of that that could happen if you find yourself being completely sucked into this vortex of the shadow rather than learning how does my conscious and my unconscious make a connection to where they can work together? How, how do I, how do I do that? And I think that um, a lot of times a shadow can come up in ways that might feel very primal and instinctual to where you are completely out of control. You don't recognize yourself. A lot of times this can happen if you are, or for people who, uh, drink a lot of alcohol. You might find that this part of yourself shows up when you're drunk that you don't recognize. And you're like, where'd that come from? Um or a lot of us in our society um is not very comfortable with the topic of sex and sexuality. And so in a lot of ways, people have shoved that into the shadow. And so for a lot of people, their uh sexual feelings show up as shadows, uh, to where you feel completely out of control, you don't recognize that part of yourself unless until you integrate it. So, I guess the point is is that to avoid this feeling of being completely like sucked down this black hole vortex of this scary shadow, this side of yourself that you're completely unfamiliar with, to where you feel like you're not even on your own team, it's the way to mitigate this is to somehow figure out how your conscious and your unconscious can engage in conversation with one another so that your conscious is curious about these aspects of yourself that you didn't know existed, so that you can start to accommodate for it and recognize it. And the act of doing that, there's no, you know, rule book of steps uh A to Z or whatever of what you need to do because everyone's journey is different, because everyone's individual psyche is different. So all it's all we can really talk about is these general principles of what that means, of what is transcendence? What is the transcendent function? Which it does sound, it can sound quite nebulous or v- and vague and hard to apply. But I think that through sitting with this understanding and figuring out, like reflecting on what it is, and then also reflecting on your own awareness and figuring out what you can see within your own psyche, how, how does it work within you? I think honestly, getting curious about yourself the self awareness and all of that it really goes a long way, and so that's really what I'm wanting to encourage people to do here. Rather than telling you this is what you need to do to improve your life, it's it's about um, it's about helping people get comfortable with um, exploring their own self awareness and the act of that self awareness itself is what can transform you. And you know, a lot of a lot of people um when they they can they can give you advice and tools and tips and tricks and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. A lot of times if I for example if I were to get over an obstacle and this specific obstacle I got over was because of uh one, two, three, these, these points, and I were to share, this is how you do this. This is what I did. Then that, you know, can really help people, um, figure out what to do, but that's just a very specific situation. But if you're wanting to know, how do I improve my life? How do I become myself? How do I transform myself? There is no tips or tricks you have to figure out and almost like assess do like a needs analysis or like an audit on yourself cuz you're the only one that really knows what's going on in your own mind um and so in order to actually know what to do you have to almost like assess the contents of your psyche on your own figure out what the problem is so that you can then identify what the obstacles are, and work on ways to get over them. And so all that's to say is that I know that a lot of this sounds really vague, but that's kind of the nature of what we're talking about. And I guess I'm saying all these disclaimers because for a long time, I felt like I needed to be a lot more practical in my tips so that people Could know what to do and immediately get some value from whatever it is I'm saying because there's just a part of me that's like is what I'm saying even valuable like it's valuable to me but I think that it's simply the act of reflecting itself can catalyze so much and the nature of each individual getting more and more confident with navigating the contents of their psyche, getting comfortable with the unknown, knowing how to approach shadows when they come up. And also how do you deal with the change that is going to inevitably happen when you're going through that? And so um, I think I'll end this by talking about change since I kind of ended up talking about a lot of stuff here, but was important for me to get out is that I guess I want to really highlight that it is impossible to go through the self-discovery process of owning your shadows or whatever it is that you say that you're doing. Why whatever wh- I don't know why you're watching this video. I don't know why you found me or why you got into personality or self-development in general, but whatever it is that whatever journey you're on, it is basically impossible to engage with some of these aspects of ourselves without transforming. And so on the one hand, that might be a positive thing. If you're wondering, I'm feeling really stuck right now. I don't know if I'm ever going to change. I personally think it's quite impossible to be uh, really self-reflective and curious about who you really are to um develop an attitude where you are um, curious about your shadows and kind when they come up. I think it's basically impossible to do that and to not change. And at the same time, I think that a lot of us who have been going through this self-development journey, it is quite scary when you find that the background and the backdrop of your life Is changing a lot because you yourself are changing. And so that is kind of what I have been going through this year, is it feels almost like a bittersweet thing of that a lot of what I've learned through personality type has paid off to where I can tell and I can feel very strong differences. In how my perspective is versus how it was even a couple of years ago. And that has been painful. And it's also been extremely beneficial because the pain is that as you're growing into perhaps a more true version of yourself or to a version of yourself that you are consciously pushing toward, exploring new interests that you want to. Uh, move toward. You might find that you are going down a different path than what you thought you were before. And the very act of that might mean that you have less in common with certain friends that you thought would always be there because they maybe are not going down that same path, which is not their fault or yours. It's just the reality of being a person who is wanting to figure out what you want to do and is wanting to play a conscious role in creating your life you will find that things that you thought were stable about yourself might not actually be stable and you might find that things that you thought were gone are actually still there so it's kind of both and um this is not just internal it creates um actual physical changes in your life and so On that note, for me, because uh, for me, trying to figure out how do I want to use this channel, I've been all year, um, I'm in kind of this limbo transitional state. I went through a breakup and uh, also graduated with a master's in the same month. It's been a year now. I have been really going through my priorities, really trying to reflect. On certain things, really trying to figure out what I want. And I, because certain types of change could be triggering, you might find that you have more shadows coming up than usual. And so, what do you do when the shadow comes up? You try and deal with it. And when you're dealing with it, perhaps things change. (laughs) Because I guess what I've been trying to do is rather than um, getting stuck in shame and guilt spirals, instead trying to be quite patient with the shadows as they come up. And when you do that, you learn things about yourself that you didn't know. And through that, you might then maybe you set some goals a a few months back or a year back. And then you move through a spiral and then you go back and look at your goals and you might think I'm no longer that person that set those goals. Sometimes we don't even realize this and sometimes we don't even give ourselves the freedom to be able to change. That's one thing for me is that even though I'm very consciously aware that I love growth, I don't think that it clicked to me how because I'm a person that loves growth and I'm always trying to grow like no shit i'm going to look back a couple months or a, a year and realize that i'm different than what i was and so because of that i shouldn't be holding myself to the same standards i created for myself back whenever before i i changed and so i think that because we're humans we want security we want stability it is a hard pill to swallow and sometimes we could think it's our fault like the very act of creating a goal, creating a plan, then realizing that that no longer applies. or Maybe you don't want it as much. Sometimes I think that we set plans when we are in a certain mood, we go through an obstacle, we change, we come back to it. And then we try and hold ourselves to the same standards from priorities that are no longer priorities. And as opposed to reflecting on those priorities, we instead beat ourselves up and say, I must not be motivated enough. I must be lazy. And I think that instead we have to realize this nature of change is that um, we have to be more flexible with ourselves. We have to be flexible with the goals that we're setting for ourselves because this whole linear process of Like, the more linear we try and create our lives, uh, it doesn't really jive with the perpetually transforming coil that is um, the individ- individuation path, um, the transcended function. And you could say that this is just a more cyclical way of being. You also could say that um, the only thing that is uh, the only constant is change. You could say that the only way to find stability is to find stability within your own creative power and your own ability to constantly change. And so I think that this is a huge crux of. The problem here when people are going through their self-discovery journey the ideas we have around change and the sort of limits the sort of linear limits that we put on ourselves because if we're wanting to change our lives and we're wanting to literally change our psyche to not be as tripped up by certain things that it used to be tripped up on as we move through the the that process Our energy and our perspective is quite literally changing, which changes the plans that we want to create, which changes the instinctual way in which we respond to things, which then changes the events that occur. And so I think we have to really recognize that and accept that and build our lives in a way that allows for that. And that is where i'm at right now and that's what i'm trying to figure out is i'm trying to figure out how do i make my youtube channel fun again how do i create content in a way that feels really free for me and um i'm trying to get back to that almost like beginner's mind childlike or what's the word for it child's view beginner's mind i don't know you get what i mean That's where I'm at right now. And because of that, it's been kind of hard because I feel like I'm kind of in between. I'm kind of shedding away goals I thought I had and reframing them into something that really resonates with who I am and where I am right now. But it's the weird thing about that is that even though I feel like I've changed, it's like I'm also the same person. And so a lot of the changes aren't that different but it's, I think every time you unravel a new layer of yourself, it is, it is a perspective shift and it's going to maybe cause you to think about the systems in your life that are supporting you and your habits in a different way. And, um, so I realized like a lot of this year I was trying to set goals for myself and achieve them and whatnot. And I was trying to get myself to feel motivated to do projects that I had decided I wanted to do years ago. And what I realized is that I have changed and that I was engaging with old priorities and old aspirations. And even if they are not too far off from where I want to go, they're still old. And so I had to shed that. I I have to shed that and also create room for a new vision, a new path. And for me this time around, whatever path I have, it needs to accommodate for the fact that there will be constant change in my life. And I think that as humans, because we have this instinctual need for security, whenever we find something we identify with, it's so easy to want to cling onto it and Put a pin in it and make sure it never lets it, you you never let it go. A lot of people are like this with their relation with relationships. You meet someone you really like, you want to cling on to it, make sure that they never leave you. We we could do this with our own interests and our own goals as well. When you discover something about yourself, you might want to cling on to it and be like, this is me, this is my identity. I'm never gonna not want this, I'm never gonna not wanna do this. But I think that as we are discovering ourselves, we also have to be humble to the fact that there is parts of us that we don't even know. And we are constantly discovering and creating ourselves. We are creators. We are creators. That is the purpose of being a human being. And with our minds and our psyches, we have this type of creative power um, to Do experiments with science to create art, to create poetry. The human mind is inherently creative, and I—that's—I don't think anyone would argue that point. But I think that that is a point that we forget, especially when we are thinking about ourselves. We might think, "Oh, I'm not as creative as so and so," or "I'm not sure if I'm creative." But if you have a mind, you're creative, because that's what minds do. And so that is, I think there's a lot of tension sometimes with how our human instinct wants security, but our minds are going to naturally create new ideas, new things. And so how do you balance this influx of novelty that might be coming through while also staying centered? And I think that the only way we can stay centered rather than just clinging on to what we want to stay forever is having this perspective, this paradoxical perspective that the only security we can have is in our own creative power and in the fact that change itself is constant. So anyway, that's where I'm at right now. I'm trying to figure out I'm just in this really reflective period trying to figure out my goals my brand what I want to prioritize what I want to create and all of these things now that I've discovered new values and new priorities now that I've reflected on more of my values now that I'm remembering certain values that I haven't been giving enough time for it shows me a wider picture. Sometimes when we are tunnel vision on a passion or an interest or a person, we can find ourselves having a lot of different ideas come up. Like for example, if you're in a relationship or if you are focused on a passion project, like for me with YouTube, if you are tunnel vision, focus on that area of your life, you might find so many different Um, aspirations pop up because it's what you're focused on. I want to do this video. I want to do this. I want to do this, 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 this. And maybe not all of those come to fruition, but they could all come to fruition if you chose to, but nobody can ever do every possibility. And so sometimes as we widen our perspective and we uh, develop other areas of our lives, we realize there's this other priority over here that I wasn't prioritizing correctly. And then as you zoom in on that, you might have other aspirations come up. And then, so what can kind of happen is you zoom out and you're seeing all these different aspirations from different areas of your life. And then you might find yourself blindsided from some of the things you're realizing about yourself. And it really puts it all into perspective because sometimes something comes up and you realize that you actually need to move that way up in your priority list maybe something was really deep in a shadow and you're realizing hey especially if you're looking at all the feedback loops in your life and how your your mind literally works like so for example for me a lot of these things are sensory sensory and thinking are shadow functions for me and so a lot of the things that have come up for me have been physical needs or logical truths that maybe i just didn't think were as important like sleep for example um it's like something like that um realizing how certain parts of yourself that may- maybe you're not as aware of are actually integral parts of the system of who you are and actually influence everything else so like maybe Maybe I initially thought my goal was to create a series about a micro documentary for each of the 16 types. And then the more I was trying to do that, the more I run into these other things, the more I realized, hey, I'm not resting enough. I'm not watching movies. I'm not playing games. I am only trying to create and I'm not consuming. And so anyway, that's like one example to where. Sometimes you might try and fight against, you're like, I know I want this. I know this is my goal. Why am I not doing it? But then when something else comes up, oh, I'm not getting enough sleep. Oh, I'm vitamin D deficient. Whatever it is. It's like you realize maybe I'm prioritizing this area of my life. Maybe for me, prioritizing this intuition, idea creation. Maybe I literally need to sleep. Maybe if I zoom out a bit and try and accommodate for all of the different areas of my life maybe i'd find that moving this priority up just a little bit might actually end up impacting the entire system so that's how things change and that's how your goals change and it's because who you are has changed so um i can keep going on and on about this but i would love to hear your thoughts i would love to hear some of your experiences um I'm trying to figure out, like, do I want to keep doing a podcast or do I want to just make YouTube videos again? I feel like I've been very kind of flaky with what I'm doing. And part of it is because I'm kind of recovering from putting too much pressure on myself that nobody asked for and then feeling like this sort of resentment for it, which is completely self-inflicted. And it's like, I think that I've had to almost like rebel against this sort of FE pressure of wanting to do the right thing for all these people or whatever, to where I had almost like this I don't even know if I want to be helping people. Not really, but it's like I had to, I'm, I'm having to figure out what is a more balanced way of engaging in um, interacting with an audience just in general. Um, because it's so easy, especially for those of us who value extroverted feeling, it's so easy to get caught up in the results, the, the emotional result um, that is being created. Like I'm wanting to add value, create benefit, whatever, it can very easily turn into some sort of codependent dynamic where... You are prioritizing what other people want more than what you want. And I'm just realizing that this whole idea of like kind of tunnel visioning on either your dominant function or your talents. this It's basically the same thing as Jung's idea of the one-sidedness where if you're too one-sided. If you're only looking at one aspect of the truth. It doesn't even mean that what you're looking at is wrong. It just means that you're not looking at another thing. And in order to find this sort of balance into and to get into this sort of creative flow, you have to allow yourself to become aware of these other sides. So anyway, this video, there's so much more I could talk about. This is the sort of stuff I want to start talking about. But for whatever reason, I'm still feeling a little stuck regarding how do I want to frame it? Because I am putting, I I'm a different person than how I was when I was in 2017. Whenever I started making a lot of videos, it's like pretty sure I was like 22 years old, and now I'm like 28. And I uh, ugh, I I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I guess my point is that I um have this pressure on myself of I've only made like personality type content and so much of like the idea of YouTube so much of how we use the internet has changed like the idea of like influencer culture was not even really talked about whenever I started making videos like I wasn't trying to be an influencer a lot of my difficulty in posting has been because of how much I hate influencer culture and how much I don't want to be a part of it and um And I've had a real difficulty in figuring out, like, I'm not wanting to be focusing so much on things that are not making me any money to the point where I am poor and broke and I am not actually getting the value out of things that I should. But then I'm also, do I even want to make this a career? There's been a lot of things that I'm sure you have heard other people that make content talk about, like, People way bigger than me, like big YouTubers have talked about this. So anyway. Um, none of that is anything new. It's just uh trying to figure out as I have discovered more of myself, how do I allow those parts of myself a seat at the table? And what's my new approach? That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> so um Thank you for listening and I hope that you have a wonderful new year and I'm excited for a lot of the change that is to come. Um, the more I personally have shown myself and proven to myself that I've gotten through moments of change, it allows me to have this greater self-respect and self-trust And a belief in my own self-efficacy. And so even if you're going through change right now, even if it's really hard, even if you don't know the light at the end of the tunnel, just know that um, I'm proud of you for doing it because the act of going through it, even if you don't get any external results that maybe you're hoping for, you get the sort of psychological resilience from having done it. So let me know how you're doing. Thank you for watching and yeah, have a wonderful new year.